everybody and welcome back to the reality kingdom where we talk all things reality tv or whatever mm-hmm. um i'm your host pharaoh i'm joined by our wonderful 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 co-host lily how you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good uh i know the last video had a lot of the girls pressed the girls i am very I aware this video will have the girls even more pressed mm-hmm. i just want to say um if you you know don't you know think some of our ratings are you know to what you would expect well babe you know that's why it's called an opinion that's all i want to say make you a Um, video put your list out there give us what you got babe but at the end of the day it is an opinion okay and guess what just because you you know offer a different opinion than mine does not mean your opinion is a fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of different opinions, um, Lee and I had different opinions. This is an average of our ratings or whatever. So when we're talking about it, if you get a little confused, like, why you don't like... This is the average of our ratings, so it averaged out. But also, disclaimer, bitch, we don't give a fuck about what these people do in their real lives. We are basing this on game. We know that some people might be horrible people. Mm-hmm. Very we aware. Are, we are choosing to look at their game, and that's all. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think it's time. This is going to be the top 15 Big Brother winners rank. We are going to be starting with 15. We'll be going up to one. If one shocks you, if you're like, whoa, stay shocked. Stay gagged, babe. Stay gagged, boo. I don't know. Like, it's going to keep shocking you, I fear. So, um, if you haven't seen the first video, watch the first video so that you don't watch this video confused because you might watch yeah. this video and be like, oh, where's Lisa? Where's Bruru? They're in the other one. I exactly. Um, so, with that being said, with no further skadadoo um, blue skadoo weekend too. Not blue skadoo. Okay. Number 15. Who's this man? Child, Michael. So, so um, you can go. I was just gonna say, other than him being a stalker, I don't know much about his game. Um, getting into like the realty of the things real quick. I heard that Doctor Will, you know, his chill town buddy, had to get a whole restraining order against him. So I don't know if Mike is mentally all the way there. Uh, I'm hoping. I hope he's doing well. But you know, Pharaoh will definitely carry this one. Um, mentally not all there. But what we will say is that in the game, not all there either. Oh, so no. what you will see with um the winners of the All Star seasons, um, and of uh, the winners of some of these seasons is that you will see us mentioning pre gaming for the girls who don't know. If you're a casual with the with the whoop, pre gaming is before a season with returnees. The returnees talk, they mesh, they pregame and decide who's going to work with who, with, with, with. that happens in all-star seasons. It's a strategy that can work. Now, with Mike Boogie, when he won his season, he won Big Brother All-Stars. Um, a lot of his win was because of Dr. Will. So I like to call this Dr. Will's second win. Um, and really, we're rating Dr. Will's win because a lot of the time, Mike was just being carried. Now, it's 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 weird because because he got carried by Will, his win looks really really good. 
I don't I can't really give you a comparison because that doesn't really happen often. But because Mike was carried by one of the best players ever, and because all of their their games were so intertwined, it kind of forces Mike's win to be at this caliber, in my opinion. Do I feel like Mike himself is a good player? Not at all. But in what happened in All-Stars, what happened in BB All-Stars, and how it happened, because he was so intertwined with Will, it was just such an amazing win, honestly. Because they, together, were seen as a pair. They were seen as a duo. It was seen as them. So them making moves is how it was seen. Also, Mike had some good strategy when he had someone telling him what to do. He had some good implementation. A lot of it was Will telling Mike, Mike, do this. And Mike would do it. So Mike executing it still helped. And Mike is the one who won. And Mike is the one who we're talking about. I do think winning an all-star season gives you some credibility. I also think that because his game was intertwined with Will, who was one of the best players ever, and that was in arguably the best game ever played was Will and All-Stars. Mike was literally intertwined with him the whole time. So it's it's really hard to give Mike a lower score. I, I can see arguments for Mike needing to be in the bottom 15 of this list. And I'll take it. Not going to lie. Don't argue about this one because, babe, he didn't do much. Uh, overall, I just I just feel like Mike is a bad person. Um, oh, no. And, oh, no. and as a winner, it, it's not giving much at all. Like I said, most of this was because of Dr. Will. Now, when it comes to the pre-gaming, before the season, essentially, Will. Oh, no. Um, pre-gamed with Danielle Reyes and James, they had already made an alliance and they were already going to work together. Um, that is confirmed by Will, Danielle, James, and my, all of them have confirmed. We know that happened. So there was a pre-game alliance that they were all going to work together when they got in the game. So going into the game, it was already gave them, you know, some sort of advantage because they did have a pre-game. And James being in the BB6 powerhouse alliance gave them that, that inroads. Um, a lot of the reason they made it far is because of Janelle. Now, Janelle hates Mike. So it kind of shows like, ooh, Mike, what did you do? But Will being so closely connected to Janelle and running Janelle the entire season helped Mike win. So a lot of Mike's win was helped, but it was so good. It was so savvy. They controlled every single vote. They controlled every- Will with Mike as an under underdog, under <laughs> bitch, controlled every single eviction. And every single, every single, it vote. would be like I'm. A, I'm assuming it would be like if Kevin had got cut at four and Helena ended up winning. And Helena ended up winning. It's like you're Man. not a bad winner, but you're not the person who was dictating everything that was going on. That's a good example. I need like a better example though, because Helena's actually a good player. No shade. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's as if instead of Derek winning BB16, he got cut and Cody won. That's a little bit more of what it is because Cody wasn't you know, that girl in that season. But anyways, it's just Mike was way more social. Will was way more strategic. And Mike just ended up winning. It's kind of like Will was there and then Will had a shadow and Will got evicted and his shadow made it to final two. So they was like, well, I guess we got to give it to the shadow. And that's who it was. <laughs> um, next. Number 14. I don't even remember who it was. Child. Child Magdalene. Magdalene. Wait. Disclaimer. Even though we already said it. We know the rumors. And if all the rumors are true, we don't support. <laughs> we don't support. Uh, moving along. How do you feel about Magdalene? Well, honestly, I don't really feel um, 
much about Maggie, you know, in general. Uh, I had her kind of middle of the road as a player because I do think that's kind of how she is. Um, I do feel like in the future season, she could have potentially, you know, made it a little bit further, like if she came back for All-Stars or like something like that. Um, if she were to come back in the modern day season, not so much, but rating her as an overall player, you know, in general, skill Big Brother, I think she is definitely middle of the road. Um, her season, I feel like she definitely ran it to the best of her ability. She kept control of her side. Um, it's really hard to kind of, um, I feel like separate any of the players who would have won that season as kind of like a strategic player, like a a powerhouse in the game because it was a split season. So it was like targets weren't really decided on, you know, you know, normal strategic things. It was more like, well, you're a pair and you're a pair. Maggie lost her pair very early and, you know, she wasn't really seen as a threat too much further in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Janelle, because Janelle did more that girl out, but, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't get her out. So yeah. there's that. Um, I do feel like Maggie represented season six well, of course, if Janelle wasn't going to win. Um, I low-key want Yvette to win at the end of the day, but I do feel like Maggie did kind of deserve it. I mean, like, convincing Howie to target his own people. Now, is that because Howie's a little bit slow? Yes. However, she still had parts in that. Like, she was the came, she came with the idea, she approached him with it, and it was executed. And this mm-hmm. was after she had just, you know, got out Kaser. So, mm-hmm. clearly, she has a strategic game since she understands that I might not like you, but I need to use you right now to get to the end and get this money. So mm-hmm. I'll respect that by Maggie. Um, you'll probably be able to explain more because I know you've seen this season more in depth. Yeah, I just uh the reason I feel like Maggie is so high, especially for me, is because I do feel like Maggie is one of the pioneers of alliances because she was really the one who um forced the cult to be together. What's that cult name? Them. The she's the one who forced them to be the together. Friendship. Yes, and she really kept them together by using Eric as a fucking shrine. I don't know. It was fucking weird. But she was really the one who did that, and she was really the one who got them to stick together really, really hard. If you want to use a parallel, I feel like Derek um, is a parallel. Derek's alliance structure, not Derek, but his alliance structure is pretty similar to Maggie's alliance structure and how she tried to position herself within her alliance and how she um, just stuck stuck them together, you know, kept them together. There was no wavering on that side ever. There was never going to be a, oh, well, I'm going to put up one of my own, like how Howie did on the other side. And I do think that was because of Maggie. And I feel like her being one of the first people ever to take control of an alliance and Big Brother, like, you know, damn near history, it's pretty, pretty damn good because it hadn't happened until that season that there was like a head to the alliance, um, really. Um, and it was and Maggie won that whole season by being the head to her alliance. So I really do feel like just that alone gives her a lot of like, you know, you you need to give her her props for that, I feel. And that's why I really like her as a winner. I also feel like she had strategy before strategy was like the main core of Big Brother. At that time, Big Brother was more about bitch, you're on that side, I'm on that side. And then you get Will, Danielle Reyes, you get you get these points of strategy. And Maggie was one of those points. Like, you really can't, like, sleep on her. When she came, strategy is not a a main force of Big Brother. It's still mostly, oh, it's them and them. And she decided, she's like, "Mm, I'm not going to just let my people go home. I'm going to convince this dumbass nigga. I'm going to convince this dumbass man because I know that he's a dumbass. And I'm going to do it. And she did it. And that wasn't the only point. There was multiple times throughout the game where Maggie was literally trying to convince him. There's literally a scene where Howie wins HOH again. 
And it's just Howie and Janelle left on that side. And Max's like, Howie, can I talk to you? And Janelle has to be like, uh, I'll go too. And she's like, oh, no, Janelle, it can be us too. And she's like, no, I'll go. Because Janelle was like, I'm not getting voted out. Yeah. But no, it, it, it's yeah. like. That's Another funny know. moment. It was so funny when Janelle was like, "Yeah, um, well, technically Maggie has two HOHs because she ran yours, Howie." <laughs> oh, literally, Maggie was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> literally, exactly you know what, what the meant. fuck she's talking about. And so I really, I just really like it. And also, Maggie was hated the whole time, so her social game is not that good, and that's why she can't be really above this. I feel because she had a bad social game in general, and. She could have lost the season had one vote flipped the other way. So it was like her win was like by a hair. So I just feel like that's why she's not in the, you know, pantheon of it all. She's just, that's all. 13. Okay. Per. So I am coming in here as a Paris defender, a Paris um, stand per. So, you know, I went back and watched Big Brother Canada 5, um, not 5, 6 which she's the winner of, uh, you know, what, last year? I went in depth. I watched all of the um, all the episodes. I went back and watched some live feed clips so I can, like, really dive deep into the season. And I love Paris. It was so funny because literally in Paris's first interview, like, when they introduced him to Cash, she says, I'm going to win this season. I promise you that. Like, I bet. And guess who the fuck won the season? Paris. I think Paris is a really good player. It's just she's very sloppy at times. However, it's kind of like a chaotic neutral is how I would explain it. Like, um, her social game is all over the place. She has good connections with everyone kind of in the house. And literally every single HOH, no one wanted to target her. And that was kind of due to her own social game. She would go in, she would have a conversation. And after the person would be like, well, I'm not putting up Paris. You know what I mean? She had a strong trio with her, Will and Maddie that she never uh, let go. She would throw both of them under the bus though, all season, which would sometimes make people think, well, she's not that close to them. Whole time, they were her number two allies. She was able to take them as a trio to the end. She is one of the people that fostered the deal at uh, the triple to stay with the showmans, Kayla and Derek, as a five with her trio to get out Johnny and Olivia. She was one of the reasons why that happened, which secured her a spot in the end. I do feel like, other than that, she has no move that's like, okay, I won, I got out Erica. I won, I got out this person. I think the shining moment of her game is towards the end because she had won no competitions up until it's like the final four. Literally, Kayla and Derek has been beasting out every single competition and everyone going to jury is like, well, Kayla and Derek is going to be in final two because they are winning everything. And Paris, at the last minute, won the last two HOHs, took Kayla and beat her. A lot of people felt like Kayla had deserved to win that and I think it's because Kayla, you know, she's a competition beef and she played more outright but honestly um, Paris was playing very well as uh, well because, you know, it's a it's a feat to go so long without being nominated. She was never really considered to be going on the block. Like I said, she kept very great social game and she won competitions which she needed to which got her to the final two. I feel like just because she played an under the radar game does not mean She's a bad player. You know what I mean? So I do feel like you should definitely put more respect on Mrs. Paris's name. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, the reason why she's not higher for me is because there is a sloppiness to her game. However, I 100% think she could come back and win again. Because I don't think 
she was strategically aware all the time. Now, there were a lot of times where she would think something and she would say it to the camera and it wouldn't necessarily be true, but she was always thinking about the game. She was always, you know, trying to see the game board and things like that. And at the end of the day, she looked out for herself and herself only, and that's what got her to the end. I feel like I respect that. That's like a fight in Paris. Like, she wanted to be there. She didn't give a fuck. And she ran, you know, a, a side of the house, essentially. Mm-hmm. So... She's that girl, in my opinion. Period. And I, I really like Paris, and I agree. I do feel like a lot of people kind of get wrapped up in, like, her sloppiness and, and, and you know, just, like, her slight faults. But honestly, in, comp- in comparison to a lot of these winners, Paris has not that many, you know, negatives. Other than being sloppy, she was really social. She was very strategic. She did position herself well. She did go unnominated. She did win the comps at the end. So it's like she has, like, one or two... I guess, negatives or, 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 you know, critiques about her game when a lot of other winners have just a lot more. And I feel like that's why she's in this position because she's uh, way more good than she is bad at that game, at the game. And it really just puts her really high. I like Paris when it comes to, I guess her subtlety. Um, A lot of people feel like you have to be a little bit more bold. You have to do this and this and this. And Paris really saved it for the end. And I think that was smart. Also, she was fully strategically aware the entire time. And that's something that in a winner, like I feel like in these, uh, these, these upper half of winners, that's what you'll see. Like even from Jackson, Mickey up, that kind of era. It's like these are people who were really strategically aware kind of the entire time of the season. And, you know, everybody under them is like under them. And that's really what really brings her up for me because she really knew what the fuck she... She knew what game she was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, girl, yes. Period. Who next? Zaddy. Ooh. Uh, now... See, see... You take it. You take it. Because the girls... We know the girls have a lot of controversial thoughts about Xavier. And I... I me as a black man, I love and respect Xavier. I'm so happy he's representing the black community as the first black winner. But, you know, we're going to keep it real. Hello. Um. So, I will be honest. I had Xavier lower than this. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, but, you know, he ended up averaging out here. I do feel like Xavier is a good player. I feel like he has very good strategy and also Xavier makes Little to no mistakes. Xavier is not the type of player who makes mistakes. He's very careful. He's very um, particular about what he does and what he says. And I think that not have you know how I mentioned I just mentioned it with Paris. Paris is kind of like she has these mistakes. We're kind of getting to the era of winners who they just don't make mistakes. And just not making mistakes really gets you really really far. I do feel like because Xavier um, played such a clean game, the cookout then getting to the end with the cookout and then winning. His game was so clean, so straightforward. He really ate it up on paper. Um, But we do know that in reality, there were a lot of times where I guess he could have been in danger and he wasn't aware. He was not fully aware of the entire game. He wasn't um, fully being strategic at all the times that he could have been. And that's why, for me, he can't be much higher than this. He can't be any higher than this. I feel like this is the highest he can go because he does not have that strategic mind, that strategic game all the way through. Um, and it's not he's not active enough. Xavier is too passive. And being too passive of a player is not going to get you the win a lot of the time. I really do feel like, honestly, that he only won this season because we needed a black winner. And I love that for us. 
However, um, had there been a black winner before him, would Xavier won the season? I'm not sure. And that's my issue. That's why he can't really go so high. But that's a hypothetical, babe. We're in yeah. 616. And in this world, he did win. In this world, there was a cookout. In this world, the cookout did dominate. He helped dominate that. He helped create the separation. He was a part of let's not be in these rooms. He was a part of the strategy. You know, he was in the um Royal Flush, which was the other alliance. You know, he had so many good qualities. He kept getting um invited into alliances by doing nothing. He had people wanting to take him to the end by not really doing much. He had people wanting to vote for him by not really doing much. And that's that's a good quality, whether it was an active, very forceful thing or whether it was a being passive, he still had those qualities. And I feel like that's what brings him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with almost everything. Like, not literally everything you're saying. Like, I feel like if I have to compare Xavier to someone on on the winner's list, it would be a Casey. Like, the game looks great on paper. You know what I mean? He's in the dominant alliance. They get all the way to the top six together. He wins, you know, what, 80% of the competition he's playing in. And then he goes on to win the game unanimously. I mean, Xavier looks like one of the best, but when you're experiencing it and you are knowing the work that other players are putting in to keep him safe while he was not even aware of being targeted, things like that make you look at his game and be like, well, you know, maybe he kind of does go lower a bit. I feel like if Xavier was definitely just more aware of the position in the game he was in, then he would for sure be higher. And that's why I feel like he was someone that would need to come back and play again in the non-cookout era. Because I feel like in the cookout season, they all had this sense of security that they didn't need to worry about because of the cookout. If he's in a season where maybe he doesn't have that cushion of the cookout, you know, maybe he would be more active. Um, I feel like the reason why he has to sit as high as he is is because he does have these natural attributes. He's athletic. He's fine as fuck. People want to work with him. People want to go to the end with him. People want to trust him. People want to bring him in. That's not leaving, babe. If he comes back next season, they're all probably going to want to do it again. Hell, if I want to season with him, I want to work with him. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, he's always going to have that just naturally. And I do feel like if he just uses that a bit more, he could be top three. You know what I mean? It's just he's definitely not 100% aware uh, all the time of what's going on. But I do feel like he's someone like Paris is strategic-minded. That's why I compare him to Casey, but I don't think he's as low as Casey because Casey was doing nothing. Xavier, he would have strategic conversations. He would have plans that he would try to work out. Um, Some of them didn't really fall through, like trying to save Hannah. You know, Mm -hmm. he successfully got the target flipped off of the Joker's, Mm -hmm. on to the aces but then getting the target off of hannah he could not do on his own Mm -hmm. you know what i mean he was able to you know be in these alliances but kind of fully getting their trust he never really had because they would trust uh tiffany more or they trusted hannah more or they trusted kylan you know you know so it's really it's really hard to say that you know I feel like it's not like I said. We really we just need another uh, another se- another season to see him play again and mm-hmm. see what he can do in like a a season where there's no cookout. But I do think overall he is a good winner, and I think he's a great representation for the black community with Big Brother. Um, however, some of the girls, and I'm gonna address it. Okay. Y'all gonna stop trying to y'all gonna stop trying to tear Miss Tiffany down. Mm-hmm. while building up Xavier. Mm-hmm. Xavier can be a good player. He can be a great player, even. But Tiffany is also a great player. We, we're not going to sit up here and say Xavier is just this dominant all-time best player and Tiffany did nothing. I be seeing what y'all be saying. And if you mm-hmm. didn't, if you ain't hear this, 
then clearly you're on the right side of Twitter. I'm the Twitter girls who be saying it. Y'all know who I'm talking to. Both <laughs> girl, but Xavier and Tiffany could both both be good players. Well, Tiffany's mm-hmm. a great player, but they both can be, you know, in the green. <laughs> Period. Um, and that's that on that. I ain't got nothing else to say. Eleven girl, we're gonna be at the top ten. Girl, this man. So, um, Hodisha. Hodisha. Um, there's a few similarities to Mike, um, in my opinion, because there was a lot of pre-gaming going into Big Brother All-Stars 2, which is a part of the game, yes. However, similar to Mike, um, Will did a lot of that pre-gaming for Mike. Um, with Cody, Daddy Derek did a lot of that pre-gaming for him, and it's not... We don't have full confirmation, but what we do have is Miss Bailey Dayton saying, yeah, me and Swaggy got a call from Derek asking us to work with Cody. So from that, from that knowledge, um, and obviously clear of other clear connections, Memphis has a connection to Dan. Dan has a connection to Derek. Somehow Memphis and Cody are connected. Who else is that going to be through? You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of points in the game where Cody has clear, like obvious, pre-games and it's like is this through cody or is this through Derek? because even with tyler and cody's pre-game that is clear and obvious let's not play and by the way we're not gonna play dumb he pre-game let's be clear mm-hmm. and that's smart it's smart to pre-game like i said with all stars it's a good idea to do it cody had pre-game relationships with um tyler christmas memphis uh bailey bitch bitch Devon, everybody not Devon, but he had pre-game license with the entire committee and with people outside of the committee, um, which is damn near half the house. So he did come in with a lot of moving pieces that can help him in the game. Um, so that's, I feel, a benefit to his game. Also, he won his season on his second time around, which is another fall. I didn't really mention it with Mike because clearly Mike's not that girl. But some people do think Cody's that girl. So I just want to say him winning his second time around is kind of like, okay, you didn't win your first time. This is your second time. You have a lot of more experience. Um, and the All-Stars class that Cody's playing with was not some girls either. But I just feel like Cody's game, watching it, Cody's game wasn't, he didn't have a lot of flaws, similar to Xavier, but he also didn't have a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. It's one move, like you can't name a move that Cody made in Big Brother All-Stars. No strategic move, no strategic implementation, no strategic countering, nothing. He was just there. Mm-hmm. He had he had a pregame alliance, and he just sat there the whole time. And then he won the game. Like I said, he didn't make any mistakes, similar to Xavier, who's right there with him, 12 and 11. They didn't make any mistakes, but did they do any, did they make any moves? Mm-hmm. Did, they do, did they create any action? So that's why I do feel like Cody's win is very similar to uh, Xavier's, even to the point of their alliances being made off of something that's, you know, a little bit outside of the game. So it's like, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between Cody's win and Xavier's win, honestly. And shit, that's all I can say. He didn't do much. And honestly, no, that's a great point you're making because I do feel like even looking at this top 10 up, it's 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 very active players and they're active players that are very successful with their activeness, you know, in the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Cody and Xavier, like we just mentioned, they're great players. Um, but if you're not as active, then, you know, and you're in a season with a Derek, then you get second. You know what I mean? Um, if Xavier was in a season that had no cookout structure, then... 
Does he win? I, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think Cody in another season um, with someone who is way more strategically inept than him would easily just over uh, overpower him. I think the reason why he was able to kind of take control this season is because he did have a lot of help from Derek. Uh, it was a lot of complacency in Big Brother 22, and you can definitely give him the respect for the control he had, but the fact that Derek was the reason why he even had that control – for me, it's like this is Derek winning again. Like mm-hmm. Derek literally just control another season. I fear, you know, and it's really hard to give him all the credit for that. Um, similar to Xavier, <laughs> you know, he has great attributes. He's fun as fuck. Uh, people want to work with him, and he can win competition. And he is strategic minded. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, unlike Xavier, I do think Cody, when he actively does want something, he can make it happen. There mm-hmm. were a few times where. He would step in and be like, no, Danny, you're not targeting Tyler. And she'd be mm-hmm. like, yes, Daddy, I'm not targeting Tyler. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Nicole, she still wanted to take him out with to the final two. Enzo wanted to take him out with to the final two. These mm-hmm. people are built like he, he these people be falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. Thinking back to BB16, Christine's ready to pop her pussy on him at any moment with a whole husband back home. So <laughs> Cody, you know, I do think he definitely probably can make it to the end and win any other season is just personally I can't put him higher because that's not a lot of active work on his own and I do think the people who are above him are going to make those extra moves to get to the end where I think Cody is just you know he's really complacent he's a very because a very cool calm collected clean cut game and that's not always going to get you to win sometimes you got to play a little nasty a little dirty mm-hmm. and I do want to talk about that a little bit like how he's just naturally you know, him and Xavier, they have this natural big brother, you know, energy archetype. to them. Archetype. They are, you know, a man who is muscular, strong, can win comps, and who is just naturally socially like. Fine as fuck. And these are all, like, natural abilities, and these natural abilities get them so far if they don't make mistakes, which is kind of why, like, they're shy of the top ten, because it's kind of like we can tell that they're making it far because of these natural abilities. If Cody looked like um who's who's from that season like ian you know just just not ian gonna win? If, if 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 xavier looks like you know you know if they if they had different archetypes if they just look different would they even make it that far you know what i'm saying they're it's not their gameplay it's not fully their gameplay taking them to that end it is a lot to do with their archetype Yes. Which is a little bit, you know, which is why they're just shy of the, the 10. Mm. You know, I can't knock them too much for it, but I do think it prevents them from being in that pantheon. Mm. It's like, ooh, did you really do this, Cody? Or are you just fine? Like, but I that's like. The thing. But, and that's, but that's really the thing. It's like, um, Big Brother at the end of the day is supposed to be, you know, uh, um, an example of what is it, a social experiment of how life is, society. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in society, if you are a fine, athletic, tall, daddy-looking ass man, mm-hmm. as such as Cody, such as Xavier, such as a lot of people on this list, mm-hmm. you're gonna get far. And people mm-hmm. in life, like, they're they're doing well in life. You know what I mean? Not too mm-hmm. many people who look like Cody is struggling. And mm-hmm. same with Xavier, fine down like that, you know, other than being black, but, you know. Yeah. Which is why um, they're up there. They're just not there. That's another thing. I mean, there have been rules changes to the casting of Big Brother, and with those rule changes, will Cody win? Mm. If Cody was on BB23, does he win? Cody is not. Cody would get And that's Christian. the thing. And I feel like would, everyone get I feel first. like everyone in top 10 could win 
even if they were on BB23 or any any season after that. Um, with Cody, it's like, mm, he could, but could he? I mm-hmm. It's giving 12th, giving 11th place. I don't know. I don't know. We're at the I top 10, y'all. That. Hold your britches. I know there's people you're like, where are they? They're still here. Y'all haven't said their name. They're coming. Daddy. King teens. Royalty, he is the king of teens. So I watched uh, Big Brother Canada. Big Brother Canada 9. Canada. Um, live Big Brother Canada. I watched live feeds and I watched the season. Now, I feel like the first thing people are going to say is Tashawn's too high. Tashawn's too high. So I'm just going to go ahead and clear it up. Um, I feel like the, the feelings of bad strategy that have been pushed into the Big Brother community about BB Canada 9 are just a tad bit overthought. I feel like it's a tad bit exaggerated. I do feel like the strategy that season was a little bit lesser, but I don't think it was just so much so to the, the conjunction that people be making it. I don't know if that's the word, but you know, to the extremities that people be making it. It was not that bad, girl. Calm down. Um, I feel like I have to shine this highs because first of all, he won unanimously. He went unnominated all the way to the end. The only time that ever has happened was with Cody, who got 11. Um, I feel like with Tashawn, he clearly has strategic implementation, strategic moves that he actively does make. And I feel like that separates him for the people just below him is that he does actively make moves, um, which is, I feel, a benefit, you know? it's clear that he didn't just win by just being, you know, an archetype. He won by being an archetype, but then he, he, he helped that with his strategy, with what he did, with the moves he made. You know, he didn't just win HOH and not do nothing. He won HOH and made moves. Um, I feel like with Tashawn, his game was very, very, what's it called? He had turmoil. And I feel like having turmoil helps me understand how you are as a player more Players like, you know, Xavier and Cody did not necessarily have that turmoil. With Tashawn at the beginning of the game, he was in the power lines um, that he that was centered around him, that he formed with Jed. It was centered around him, and they had the power structure on lock um, at the very beginning until one of his allies had to go. But mind you, they're taking out Victoria, took out his, one of his closest allies because she wanted to be his closest ally. I feel like the entire season we kept seeing people craving to work with Tashawn and Jed. But Tashawn's social game was so amazing that, one, he never got nominated um, the entire time. And everyone was fighting to work with him. They're taking each other out so that they can work with him. And I feel like that's a very good testament to his social game as it is. Even people on the other side, when another side did form with Brayden and Austin and them, Brayden is ready to work with Tashawn, ready to go to final two with Tashawn. And once that other side gets chopped down like it did, Who's at the end with Tashawn? Braden. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to Kiefer, Kiefer had a lot of the strategy. He pushed a lot of the strategy throughout that season. Kiefer never pushed any strategy against Tashawn because Tashawn had Kiefer on lock. Basically, what I'm saying is, Tashawn had everybody on lock. And the people he didn't have on lock went home, babe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's very, very impressive. And it's not something we see normally. It was His game was kind of like, um, interesting to watch because it's like, how is this happening? It doesn't even seem possible, but you can't see social game um, through the lens. It's really hard. And I noticed watching all these Big Brother seasons that social game is very hard to analyze, very hard to see. So because you're not feeling that person's energy, you don't know how these people feel about him. But it's clear that Tashan's social game is damn near the best um, because it really got him really far. And when it came to that point where he's like, where they're like, should we take out Jed? But we need Tashawn mm-hmm. to, to, to convince him. We need Tashawn. Um, and when he made that decision, 
He didn't have to make that decision. My thing is, Tashawn was probably going to win either direction he took, but he chose to make that decision because he felt like that was going to get him to a better path. And I feel like decisions like that is what makes me like take a player and, and want to put them above someone else. For example, Cody. Cody had the chance. Danny said, hey, should we take out Tyler? Very similar to Sean. Should we take out Jed? Cody said, no. Cody said, no, we're just going to do what Derek told me to do. And we're going to stay together. Um, so Tashawn making that move was really showed me like, okay, he's here to play. He's a strategist and he's going to make those moves if he has to. <clears throat> I can't be confident to say that other, other winners will do that. So that's why he's at 10. Um, exactly. Period. I think that's literally one of the reasons why he's in this top 10. He's a risk taker. He's going to take that extra mile to really, you know, get to the end of the game. Like, really, like, the shining moment for me when I was watching BBK9 was when the way he just turned his back on Jay and Beth. Like, y'all don't understand. Like, they were an entire throuple. They were taking showers together. They were sleeping together. Beth was getting dick from both of them. Like, it was a lot. It was a lot going on, babe. It was a lot going on. And for him to just, like, a switch, just be like, well, they can go. And literally... Go because because I got I'm gonna say something on that. Literally that it. week, um, he was telling Jetson to his face, "Yeah, dude, you're good, you're staying." And then being with Brady and Kiefer, like, "No, nah, he's gone. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I'm good with it." So it's like that kind of cutthroat energy made my pussy rock, and uh-huh. it also made me respect him as a player because it's like, like Sarah mentioned, like those type of moves really means he's going to do what it takes to get to the end. And it's mm-hmm. like, he's not someone uh, like a Cody and Xavier that got there based on competitions. He didn't win that many competitions. This is the first season where they start implementing more equitable comps. So he was not able to win out. He really had to do it on his social game. Um, You know, one of the strongest connections, his uh, thing with Brayden um, really helped him a lot because Brayden became a sort of a comp beast towards the end and they were able to trade off comps towards the end. Um, and that's work that he put in. You know, I don't know what he was doing. We ain't going to get into that. But he was putting in work to get Miss Brady on his side. And it worked, babe. So the fact that he was able to backstab down his two closest ally, pulled in people from the outside to keep him secure to the end and still get all the votes to win, I think you really have to praise it. And I feel like him definitely with now a by POC uh, era going forward, I think can win again and again and again. Um, because who gonna take him out? I wouldn't. I'm definitely working with him. I wouldn't, I fear. And uh, Lee mentioned it, but I was gonna mention, like, I want to double down on it. The fact that he was able to flip on Jed and Beth and still be the most well socially linked is insane. He flipped on his two closest allies the entire season that he's been with, and he still had two closest allies after flipping on his two closest allies. He flipped on Jed and Beth. And now Kiefer and Braden are both trying to take him to the final two. So it's like he he had like that was amazing. I really need y'all to think about it because the girls be hating on the girls for no yeah. reason. I really um, respect Tyshawn's win. Period. He ate that. Definitely one of the best in BB Canada. Definitely one of the best in BB Canada, which is why he's up here as one of the best in BB Canada. Moving along. <laughs> Top nine, bitch. I don't remember who it is. Oh, I can take this one. Okay. So, I just watched BB12, and I was honestly amazed, bitch. So, first of all, Hayden is a part of the pioneer of literally the cookout strategy, the uh, brigade strategy. That is one of the most well-implemented strategies in Big Brother history, which is the parachute alliances. Now, I do feel like Hayden just being a part of that in general uh, makes him, you know, takes him a little bit far. 
But what really got me to want to put Hayden very, very high on my list is the fact that he was very active in his strategy, which something interesting that I did not know is that Hayden actively made an alliance with Rachel and Brendan and him and Kristen pre-jury, like week two. And that really, really was interesting to me because it's like it really shows that Hayden is up here in the like he's up here in the nines. Because when you see someone um, do a strategy that goes against the grain, it really shows, I feel, how good of a player they are. Him making that alliance with them is very against the norm of Big Brother history from season 11 to season two. Nothing like that happens where you actively are. First of all, you're in the best position in the house already and you still actively go out of your way to align with the people who are on the bottom. And that's really why I felt like Hayden, that was the first indication that I felt like Hayden was one of the best, you know, at the top. Um, moving along through the season, um, as he's in these, par- first of all, he he he's, he has his own parachute. Not everybody in that alliance did. So the fact that he had his own parachute was good. He also had extra parachutes with Rachel and Brendan. Brendan always was going to do what Hayden said when Rachel went home. That's why when Rachel went home, Hayden weaponized Brendan and he tried to get Brendan to take out Matt for him um, and Reagan and Brittany for him. So Hayden weaponizing literally the house pariah um, is amazing because he he made that connection with him and he made Brendan like, Brendan like him enough to literally do what Hayden wants. So it was very amazing to watch. Also, moving along towards the end of the season, Hayden's like, well, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't really the, I don't have the best connections at this point because Matt has Reagan and Brittany. So Matt has go sister and i feel like saying one of my allies has to go was not something that had happened in big brother up until that point really he he created so many different strategies and people don't really give him the credit for it but really hayden was like one of the pioneers of a lot of the new age strategy especially taking out your biggest ally like something that tashawn just did in the in, in his season hayden kind of created that bitch the cookout strategy hayden was a part of that creation bitch you know what I'm saying? Like he really, he did a lot, sister. And my pussy's wet. The only reason <laughs> that he's the only reason that I I don't necessarily want to put him higher is just because that with all of that, I do feel like the people above him have did even more. I also do feel like Hayden benefits a lot from his archetype, similar to 9, 10, 11, 12, similar to the people <laughs> right around this area. He does benefit from his archetype because, like I said, if Hayden looked like Reagan, would he really have? succeeded as much i do think hayden still would have won which is why he's in the top 10 what no matter what he looks like but i do feel like him being able to be socially connected to rachel and brendan him being able to be socially connected to everyone in the house is a benefit from how he looks um and i do feel like his social game is great but there were people even in his season with better social games than him like enzo like Brittany, who um you know it's it's like it's clear that he's not the best at the social game he's really good he's not the best he's really good at strategy he's not the best you know, and he's good at comps. He's not the best. So it's like he, he's really good. But I do feel like these other people are probably, you know, one of the best in either of those categories. I just think he's like good, 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 great, great, great. But not ex- exceptional, exceptional, exceptional. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I can't say too much about Hayden. I did not watch BB12 <laughs> like that. I saw him on Survivor. He did good on there. So, you know, you know, I, I know that he was part of the, uh, the brigade and things like that. So he definitely probably deserves to be this high because I know of all the things they've done. So kudos to Miss Hayden. Not Miss. I do know Dana. It's interesting that they're right next to each other because they both kind of were in the same sort of alliances. 
Uh, and they, neither one of them was a creator of it, which is so funny. They're both the benefiter. So uh, Dang was in the Pretty Boys, which is literally the brigade-style alliance for BB Can 7. Um, the person who created his name was Adam. And basically, he watched BB 13, saw the strategy, was like, I want to come into BB Can 7 and do exactly that. And that's exactly what he did. He got Dang, he got Anthony, and he got this dude named Mark. And basically, they ran the entire season like... <laughs> One, two, three, they ate it up. Like, they literally mm-hmm. got all the way down to the top five together. Um, I do think Dang, you know, as a player separately from the Lions, he is a uh, overall really, really good player. He's great socially. I think he's good strategically. And I think he's great um, competition-wise. He won seven competitions, and this was the first season where the HOH could even play in veto. So imagine if he could play in veto. Very, very dominant game. And I feel like, you know, he was one of the few people in the Pretty Boys that had uh, a social game throughout the entire house. Um, and as the players were kind of getting picked off, he was someone that was was under the radar keeping the people who were close to him and Stefania and Kiki very close as much as he could, of course, because he had a little showman or whatnot. Um, I do think what puts him higher on this list for me is the move at top five. He's on the block next to Mark, one of his pretty boys, and the people voting is Kira and Anthony, and they wanted Dane out because Dane had won every freaking competition. This is the um, this is the second time he's nominated, but as a final nominee because the first time he won veto and they're like we need to get him out and he was able to convince them that keep me i'm gonna go after adam it is better to keep me over mark who's done nothing it would not have won this game they was like okay they kept dane and then they got out mark and they won the game mm-hmm. um so um unanimously i think literally so it's like I, I really feel like he is a really good player, like I said, overall. Even if he came back in a uh, by POC season, I really do think he'd still be able to uh, win because he's really good socially. Everyone loved him. Like, no one ever even wanted to really target him that bad because they all just loved him so much. Um, I think this is a really good spot for him, honestly. Top 10 for sure. And out of Big Brother Canada, like, his season, it was the first one was like, okay, like, this is like – a pantheon type of win you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it was so dominant i feel and then mm-hmm. the fact that even at that little end game similar to tyshawn he has that move of like okay really i feel like solidifies him as like a really great player mm-hmm. I, I it's interesting that like him and hayden's games are so similar but also dane has that move at the end because hayden doesn't have any he was in like shaky waters but he was never the target ever the entire season so it's it's easier to see that Dane can get out of that situation. So since we know Dane can get out of that situation, it really does put Dane above Hayden. So I think we hit it on the nail. We hit the nail on the cop. We hit the hell. The- yeah. <laughs> Nicole! Child! Now, some of, the girls, some of the girls may be like, okay, this is right. Some of the girls may be like, okay, this is wrong. So, hey, an opinion is an opinion. Nicole is my girl. I feel like Nicole is that girl. Um, I really do think Nicole's game is very difficult to understand. And I think that's why it's kind of hard for people to really even know where to put her, right? But honestly, Nicole has a strategy that kind of just invades into her personality, which is really interesting. BB-18 is the season she won, so that's the season we're going to be talking about, looking at. And in that season... Nicole really, first of all, pre-gaming comes in. She did have pre-gaming situations with James and with Corley. 
um, you know, people in the game she did have connections with that some some other people did it, which is a part of the reason why I feel like I can't put her too much higher because she did have those certain, I feel, advantages, especially in a season where it's not all returnees because, bitch, N- Natalie couldn't pregame, Bridget couldn't pregame, you know? So in that season, it was very like, okay, she has a one-up on people. But Nicole really did play that season very well. And um, going into the season, Nicole, she um, is a part of the big alliance. that, And she's in a decent position in it. But one thing about Nicole is I don't think she likes being at the center of the game. So she just accepts the fact that she's in her decent position. But one thing about her is she's going to get out the people in a better position than her. So throughout the season, she's literally painting targets on people, but in a very subtle way to where it's like people don't even know that this is the person she's targeting. Like when Devon went home, Devon was a powerhouse throughout that uh, pre-jury section and Nicole was the main person to get how out. One thing about I like about Nicole's game is that she does face turmoil. In this game, she literally got blindsided um, and her entire alliance becomes the minority of the house. But Nicole, through strategy, literally gets her and Corey um, out of that situation, out of the minority, positions herself in between two other pairs at the final six, and she uses those two other pairs to go after each other while she can stay in the middle. Literally one week, Natalie and James will win HOH, she lie to them, and the next week, Victor and Paul will win HOH, and she's tell them something to make sure that she stay positioned in, in with between them. And it really shows that Nicole, strategy-wise, she's up there. Because first of all, at the pre-jury, she knew how to stay subtle, how to stay under the radar. She knew how to paint targets. And then once it got time for her to pick it up, babe, she picked it up. Um, one like iffy thing, which makes me like not want to put her higher also, is the fact that she barely won this. I do feel like her win was... It's hard to play the game Nicole plays and wins. But the fact that she won this season and got to final three in um, BB22 really shows that the game works, babe. It's just yeah. going to be hard to win. And I do think the fact that it is hard to win really is going to prevent her from being in this, you know, top five, the really the bulk of it all. But it's really just an amazing game because especially because it's like it blends so well into her personality. No one thinks Nicole is playing. No one really thinks Nicole is playing me. Nicole's lying to me. Nicole's doing this. Um, and even now, even in BB22, they knew she was a snake. They know her game now and they still don't think it because her personality just screams like weak ass bitch. Um, but it, but in, in reality, she's not. You know, she's yeah. definitely that girl. So, hey. It, it's crazy because, honestly, Nicole is definitely one of those people where it's like, even if you feel some type of way about her personally, I do feel like you have to respect her as a game player at the end of the day. I mean, even going back to her original season, like, the reason why she didn't get to the end was because she just was not in... Um, the Cool Derek, Kids Club. The Cool Kids Club. This was created week one because they were all men. It was very massage noir. Like, I don't like know. she was forced out of that. And then Derek and Cody still loved her and wanted to get her to get to the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like her gameplay in 18, the reason why I like Nicole so much is because she's feisty. She's going to do whatever she needs to do to get to the end of the game. And she wants to win it. You know what I mean? If that means backstabbing all the women, she's going to backstab all the women. If that means going up to a man in the house and saying, yeah. All the girls are in the All Girls Alliance, and I just, I don't know if I can really trust them. And if that means, you know, letting Cody, you know, do what he got to do down there, you know, she's going to do what she got to do to get to the end of the game. Uh, And I do feel like, like you mentioned, her doing it again in uh, All-Stars just goes to show that I do think she's a really good player. I don't think that Cody necessarily... um, should have beat her in the landslide the way he did Enzo because I do think she played all stars just as well. Um, uh, and you know, 
it's crazy because socially people dislike her, but she's always protected. And I think that's so great about her game. She always get in a position to where she is the most protected person in the house. And that's not easy to do because a lot of people who are in that protected position are pawns. Nicole don't get pawns. Mm-mm, not one They're thing. getting used for a vote. No, Nicole is always in the main conversation on who needs to go home. Mm-hmm. She's the main one pushing who needs to go home. Well, and she does it in these little subtle ways. I just uh, Bailey. Oh is God, just, Bailey is just I don't know, and she just makes me feel so. And she just does that over and over again. And at first, honestly, it made me dislike Nicole because I feel like, well, you're not taking credit for these moves, but I watched the interview with her and she was saying like, yeah, I knew if I did this, then this would happen. So she's definitely way more aware of it than she plays it up for the camera. She's luckily an evil little girl and I wish she would <laughs> own up to it more. Like I wish she was in the mm-hmm. dining room like, Fuck Davon. I'm going to evict her. <laughs> I do not care, bitch. I want the money. If that was Nicole, I would definitely be team Nicole. But the fact that she still tries to be this uh, girl next door, Taylor Swift type, like, girl, you're not. You're an evil bitch. Be an evil bitch. We stand. Be an ice queen. Literally. I don't know. But I do think she definitely deserves to be as high. One of the reasons I feel like she's not in the Pantheon is, like you said, massage noir in general. I think Nicole, her game is not going to get respect in too many seasons because it is passive. However, I've said it several times. I don't think a passive game means doesn't mean you don't deserve to win. Because mm-hmm. even while it being passive, it's very dominant. A lot of the people go yeah. home in the seasons that Nicole is in, 18 and 23, 18 and 22, <laughs> because she wanted them to go home. Mm-hmm. Period. I do want to talk a little bit about Nicole and Cody because watching BB22, you can really see why I feel like Nicole's a better player than Cody because a lot of the times when it came to just making a move, being strategic in any way, it was Nicole throughout the season who was being strategic. Nicole was the one who was like, maybe Tyler does kind of need to go. She couldn't do it because Cody stopped her. But it's like, that was a move that could have been good for Cody too because if Tyler ends up winning these boop, 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 then what? You know, like there was moves where it's like they really should have did that. If Christmas wins the final four veto, Cody's out. And that could have been caused by the fact that he didn't want to get outside of that early. I do feel like Nicole isn't going to let those people slip by. Nicole is very much so. If you're a big player, you got to go, I fear. Um, And so I really do like the fact that she was like, I I do want Tyler to go this week. Kind of. She just couldn't do it. And when it comes to I, I just feel like being active. Nicole is is going to be like, mm, I kind of do think this move needs to be made, so let's make this move. You know, all the boys took out Janelle, but Janelle kind of hated Nicole the most, you know? The boys took out Bailey, but Bailey loved the boys. The boys took out the... Bo- oh, well, Christmas. Christmas is a... <laughs> the boys and their soldier, you know? And it's like, <laughs> these are people that were going to target Nicole, not people that was really going to target them at the point that they did it. Which is just, it's just really interesting how she does it because she doesn't come off as a threat and she just doesn't. She doesn't really get targeted and she just does it. It's like, ooh, she gets really protected, but she's still, she's still making moves regardless. So that's my girl. Hashtag that girl. Andy. Um, Another disclaimer, I fear. Disclaimer, y'all. We know Andy is a racist apologist. We do not stand by it whatsoever um i know y'all looking at him some of y'all looking at him this high and being like what is going on we know we had to watch the season we know let's be honest y'all be honest um is andy terrible as a person yes 
Mm-hmm. As a player, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. And look, you know what's interesting? Um, the thing we'll the gag is we'll though, everyone that season was a bad person, other than Candace and Howie. So after they went home, whoever won was going to be a bad person. So they were going to be on this list regardless. So you know, hey, we moved. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> I feel like Andy um reinvented the the floater strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, really like, and the floater strategy is hard to do in general, hard to do in a modern season. And I do feel like the fact that Andy did that kind of eat. He played Amanda and Helen against each other very, very well. Um, I I feel like Andy's game was mostly clean. It was it reminded me of like a a, a, a serial killer movie. Like they have the mask on. And before he kills you, he pulls up the mask. So you're like, oh, it's Andy. And then you're dead, bitch. You know, like, it's like he's he's the killer. Like, it's a, it's a, it was a murder mystery. And they were trying to figure out who the killer was. And it was Andy the whole time. The girls think it's Amanda. It's not Amanda, babe. It's Andy. Andy really is like the silent killer, bitch. He ate them up because there was a big alliance, big ass alliance. Everybody was against mm. the racist, even though they were racist. It doesn't matter. Everybody was against the, the blatant racist. And, Andy was just like, oh, well, Helen, you're my best friend. And then he's telling Amanda she's his best friend. So in Amanda's mind, Andy's her best friend. In Helen's mind, Andy's his best friend. And he's accepting the fact that he's under Alyssa and under McRae. He's like, okay, they both think I'm their number two, their number three. And I'm just going to use that as long as I can get it. Him snitching and telling them information and snitching and telling Amanda Helen's coming after them. He only really did it when he wanted somebody to go. He was like, well, Helen can go now. Because at that, before Amanda was the powerhouse, Helen was the powerhouse. So Andy was like, well, the, the other person who can get out Helen is Amanda. So I'm just going to tell Amanda this information. Use her. Make her get out Helen, the powerhouse. And then I'm going to create the actual final alliance. And creating an alliance that deep in the game, this man created the alliance, I want to say, top seven, top eight. Creating a majority alliance at top seven, at top eight, does not happen. That does not happen in Big, in Big Brother. It really doesn't. It takes a lot of savviness. It takes a lot of consistent social strategy. And it's interesting because one thing I feel like people don't notice about Andy's game is that he was a big reason that Spencer never went home. And that's because he knew Spencer was going to be vital to his end game when he needed to take out, when he needed to take control. So the entire time you can, if you rewatch the season, you can tell they're like, mm, Spencer can just go. And he's like, uh, mm, no, he can't. Or he's like, uh, or the week Spencer might go, he's like, uh, Amanda, Helen has to go this week. And Amanda's like, okay, Helen could go this week. It's like he's saving Spencer because he's using Spencer at the end of the game. It was really, really savvy. And I really think he's just up there. The reason he can't be much higher is because he did get caught. And at the, the double eviction, um, when McCray doesn't take him out and he takes it. First of all, I want to be clear. Andy would not have went whether McCray nominated him or not because Andy had to vote. But the fact that um, he almost got nominated. He could have got found out by, by McCray and Alyssa because that was a sloppy part. It shows that he was kind of sloppy in that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. That's the only neg. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like that's honestly not even that much of a neg because it's like McCray's reasoning for not doing it is because he didn't want to go against the house, the house that Andy, the house in that Andy of. created. So, you know, he's really that girl. It sucks that he was a racist apologist because it would have been great to see him play again. Mm-hmm. The way he just bounced around that house, great social game the entire way through. He won comps when he needed to. I think he got out the right people at the right time. Um, an overall good player, you know what I mean? Uh, 
I think one of his biggest moments, like you said, was him creating the alliance towards the end because he was he was already positioned well, you know, in the center of the game, but that move put him at the top. And I think a lot of players mm-hmm. who are kind of playing in that passive role they aren't able to kind of switch to that dominant uh, gameplay. I think he's like a very dominant end game, and that's something that's why he's higher than Nicole, because it's like, Nicole, she kind of plays passive all the way up to the end. You know, mm-hmm. he turns it on at a certain time. Um, I do feel like that's what makes it so good, because it's like he plays a very risky game the whole time. It's very risky to go around to everybody and tell them you're loyal to them. But Dang. the fact that he did it and got it all the way to the end, um, with, you know, he never didn't piss so many people off at all either. Like, you know, it was the perfect, like, under-the-radar, behind-the-scenes game. And I do mm-hmm. think he's deserving of being this high for sure. Very puppet mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into the top five. What I'm noticing is that there's trends in where we've put in these people. Because, girl, the next person is the queen of floater herself, Miss June Fong. The originator. The originator, bitch. It's interesting that the floaters are here. I do feel like there's a cap on the floater game. And what I noticed while watching is that if you play like a floater, there's a cap because you do piss people off sometimes. And also, it's it's very risky to go, like Lee said, to go around telling people this shit and making it to the end. So, June Song is the baddest bitch alive. She created the floater strategy. Um, if you created the strategy, you're going to be up here, babe. I fear. Um, she created She's literally one of strategy. the mothers of the game. She's one of the mothers of the game. She created the floater strategy and she very she executed it very well. In Big Brother 4, um, there was two sides. And basically, she was on literally both sides. She was in both alliances getting information about both sides. And the issue is, is that back in the day, not the issue, but the interesting part is back in the day, the game was not secretive. Big Brother was an open game. So everyone knew she was in both alliances. So she very had aware. to she had to work. The Andy game, but as if everyone knew Andy was doing what he was doing. He wouldn't have won that season if that was the case, I fear. But June was able to, even though they knew that and they were kind of pissed at her the entire time about it, she was able to stay so much of a, a non-threat to where they they were not going to take her out the entire game. And what I like about June is that she knew she was going to do this from the beginning of the game. So this was always a conscious decision for her to go back and forth and really just blend in where she fits in. One of the um, power moves by June was um, making that alliance with Allison near the end and really linking up with her and making it to the final two. I don't know. It was pretty good. What you think, though? I, I love June a lot. And June definitely deserves to be this high because she is definitely one of the pioneers of Big Brother. The flirt or strategy is, you know, definitely birthed by her. Um, definitely carried BB4 on her back. I do think she's a very strong player. And um, I do feel like, honestly, if she were to come to even today's uh, season, I don't think she would be a... Um, uh, someone that's just sitting there doing nothing because she is definitely strategic minded, especially in a season where strategy was not at the forefront of the game. Everyone wanted to be besties with each other. She came in like, I'm coming here for the money and I'm going to get it. And she did what she had to do to get it. Her and Allison hated each other. And they both came together and was like, look, we hate each other, but we're only we're each other's only best chance of winning because they were playing similar games. Um, and that takes a lot out of a person. You know how many people who don't care about that at all, and we'll get someone out even though it's not a good decision for them because they easily could have targeted each other. And then what? 
neither one of them could have won. And they sat in final two because of that. She also kept a good relationship with her ex in the house, G, because that twist the season that had exes come in. And that's something else that really helped her game because there were two sides of the house that season. And her ex was on the other side, but even though he was against her side, they stayed with each other the whole entire time. When he won HOH, she was not going up at all. She even had influence over it while flipping back and forth between each. So she's definitely a good player because she's going to make moves that put herself above the rest of the people around her. And I do think her, Andy, and Nicole share that to where they're not always in the dominant position, but they're going to cut a bitch at their knees if they need to to get to the end. And I really love that about them. It's interesting that you mentioned the G thing. I kind of forgot about it, but in these in these old seasons, the players who had secret alliances were the best players of those seasons because Daniel Reyes introduced the secret alliance in the next season. June and G did the secret alliance, and you know after that they had um you know the other secret alliances and in BB Seven in BB Seven when they did the, the 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 Danielle and Will and Mike and them. And it's like those secret alliances really is what takes you far in those uh, older seasons. And the fact that June did it really shows like she's one of those girls, period. The highest girl on the list, actually. Speak of it. Now, it's getting, we're getting to the, to the nitty gritty. We're this is to the, the we're like top five is already kind of like, okay. We're getting so to we're the getting end. We're getting to the, the pantheon, and I feel. These four are, are always like switched around. Well, well, one, one just got added, I fear. One just got added, I fear. We have know. a new entry, babe. <laughs> babe. Okay, but Will is someone who I feel like a lot of people would want to put number one, um, would want to put number two, would want to put a little higher. Um, but me personally, I have him at number four because watching BB2, um, I just feel like, and this is something that I'm going to say again later, I feel like control is an important part of the game. And when it comes to these last couple of people, it's becoming very, you know, nitpicky. And I do feel like one of my nitpicks about Will with BB2, because that's the season he won, that's kind of the game we're talking about mostly, is that he did not have control. He actually had the opposite of control. He actually had nothing. He was literally groveling at his knees for help. I do feel like the fact that he was able to make it to Final Two with that horrible situation he was in is good, but he was in that horrible situation because of himself. So it really brings me like, okay, I'm going to put him to four because it was just a lot of like negatives about his game that he won. When it comes to him being in the minority with um, Chilltown, it's because Chilltown being ran by him basically was like, we're not going to talk to none of these people. We're going to laugh at them. We're going to bully them. We're going to be this, this, and this. And Will having those like evil type qualities really is going to just bring him down and when it comes to this because no matter how good of a player you are, if you're a bitch, you can't always win. Honestly, I do feel like a part of the reason he won the season is because the jury was um, not sequestered, which is a rule that changed. So I do feel like if we're going to mention that with Lisa, we kind of have to mention that with Will because um, Nicole really did dominate that game through and through throughout the whole entire thing. And a lot of the fans were very, very pro-Will. The entire world was pro-Will. So coming into a jury, knowing the entire world hates Nicole and loves Will, who are you going to vote for? You know, and especially when that's the first ever season. I feel like Will being so high is because he had strategy. He had amazing strategy. Very, very good strategic implementation 
way more than people who have played Big Brother 23 and 22 and 21, even seasons later. He did it the very first season. It was very effective and very good. So he's going to be up here in these top five. But I just feel like those qualities of him being not nice, him being, you know, the jury being influenced, I don't even necessarily can say that he would have won. Um, Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah, I feel like Will, you know, being, you know, definitely the father of Big Brother, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore. I feel like for me, the only reason why he, let's say he's four. I feel like he's low. He's four, babe. (laughs) But the reason why he's not, like, I feel like one, two, or three for me is just that I feel like the people above him, you know, the game gets harder as you play. I feel like he came back in seven and proved why he definitely is one of the best. Um, He's a player that has control even while being not liked, while being disliked. He does not have to win a competition and will still get to the end. But season seven, I think, is an example of kind of what you're saying. You know, you can't kind of not win any competitions and get to the end. I mean, people don't do that in Big Brother anymore. You know what I mean? You got to win something. Unless you're Big D. And did Big D win? You know, no, he did not. And then Well, also, somebody did just win by not winning no comp. Well, he won one comp. He won a veto. So he it's like, you got to win something now. I don't think, you know, Will's game was definitely great in the time period he played it. It's just as yeah. the game has progressed, um, it takes more to be a great player. But he's definitely a great time period for when Big Brother was, you know, in those earlier seasons. So he mm-hmm. also it always will be a great representative because, you know, a lot of the strategies and things like that that he did implement. I mean, being this big, great villain is what Dan and 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 people other people players who came into the game did because they wanted mm-hmm. to be that they wanted to be like Dr. Will. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, you know, definitely because they'll still be up here in this top five. Period. Um uh, it's getting scary. Um, I just want to say these four, you know, if you switch these four around, it's okay. Um, y'all, y'all gonna be mad with us. We understand. Child. Ooh, how y'all feel? Cause I know y'all like, ooh. I know y'all like, I know y'all like, wait. The math not mapping. We're gonna talk about what we're gonna do. Let's keep on Dan. Which you go first. So I, I, I do like Dan a lot. Uh, Dan, the reason why I think he is definitely deserve to be top three is because I appreciate a player that has to face adversity in the game. Um, a player that has, you know, a lot of battles, a lot of hurdles that they have to go against. And that's definitely Dan, you know, in his first season, the Alliance that he had got crumbled quickly and he was able to build from that. Um, getting to the end with Memphis, you know, he set Memphis up a lot that season for him not to get any jury votes. And he was, even though still hated, he somehow managed to get hated even less more than Memphis because of the work that he was putting in. He had a good social game even while being disliked, and he won competitions when he needed to, all while being this, you know, big TV villain that he wanted to be. I do feel like, you know, Dan's a great player because, you know, the fact that he came back twice and got the final two, you know, like he mm-hmm. literally just showed y'all twice that he can and will win this game because he should have beat Ian. No say. So, uh, I don't know. I, you, I'll go. Um, yeah. Y'all know why Dan's a good player. So I'm just going to tell y'all why he's not number one or number two for me. Um, the reason that I feel like Dan is not up there with number one or number two is because of very similar reasons as Dr. Will. Dan has a tendency to not be in control sometimes. Like in his first season in BB10, he had no control. 
um, for half the season. And then the second half is when he gained control and found it through the help of someone else. BB-14, it was the same way, but he won BB-10. And it's like, I do, for me, I feel like him overcoming that adversity is what puts him so high. But him having that adversity um, because of something he did, it was his own fault. You know, it's different if you, if it's different if Dan, it wasn't Dan's fault. Um, but it kind of was because Dan did associate himself with someone who was very strategic, openly and erratic and sporadic. Dan decided to align with that man and get him in that position. And in um, BB-14, Dan kind of did not have um, good ties with people in a similar way. And I do feel like Dan makes active moves that gets him disliked. I feel like his strategy is very amazing. So it pushes him to Final Five, to the top five automatically. But the fact that he makes strategic moves that gets him disliked is what prevents me from wanting to say that he's the best Big Brother player ever. Because I feel like the best Big Brother player ever is going to go throughout the whole season. Um without having to be disliked. If you can go and not have to be disliked and not have to be targeted and not have to be hated and not have to be nominated or or finna be backdoored, then I feel like that that makes you a little bit better if you have that strategy, if you're being active, if you're actually mm-hmm. playing the game, if you have that control. And I do feel like when it comes to these top five for me, these top four, these top fives for me, that control is what I'm kind of like, okay, Dan, you could have went home, babe. Like, yes, he didn't. Yes, it never happened. but the fact that it was possible really separates him from some of these other people because for some people, it literally wasn't possible. They were yeah. literally never going home. And I feel like if they were never going home and they're very strategic, just as strategic as probably Dan, then it's like, I kind of got to put them over him. And that kind of what it comes is kind of what it comes down to is the fact that Dan puts himself in sticky situation. He pisses people off. He didn't win. Um, he won the jury vote because he made people hate Memphis more. Um, not because they liked him. They didn't like Dan. They were calling Dan Judas. They were saying Dan's a horrible person. How are you getting called Judas? And I'm going to make say you're the best player, Big Brother player ever. Like, I, I'm not saying that, that you know, he's not wonderful. But for you to be the best, I feel like the jury should not hate you. Mm-hmm. Both juries hated him. I and do I feel think like it can be. The one thing that that's, it's, I'm being nitpicky, but that's the one mm-hmm. thing I'm like, okay, well. And see, and I think, I think this is interesting because I think the second, Number two player, I think they also came in playing up this I want to be the TV villain. But the person in number two, they did it for more for the in the diary room to the cameras, whereas Dan, he did it to, to the, the other players. players as well. Like hurting hurting their exactly. like his, his his wanting to be the bad guy, essentially the villain, also affected the other players in the game to a level of them calling him Judas, you know, which is another reason why he did not win. BB-14. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, it's crazy because even while being so hated twice to make the final two, it's like, you gotta give these props. Exactly. Which is why he's up there. I just feel like at this point, I'm nitpicking and it's like, there's people who, the to, to you're, you're spotting the differences between the top three and those are the differences. And I feel like Dan's are negative while the other two are, are positive for them. So. Shout how y'all feel? Comment, comment, I, comment. How y'all feel? Comment. I know y'all mad. I know y'all mad. Okay, first of all, the girls are gonna be like recency bias, recency bias. I do want to say there is a bias in every single rating, not just Kevin's, but literally everybody's. Um, but however, bitch, our bias is gonna come with points. I do feel like you can go first, actually. Go. I feel like Kevin deserves to be this high because you know, 
like I just mentioned with Dan, like I love a player that has to face adversity. I mean, Kevin was at the booty hole bottom coming into this season. Literally the very first week he was nominated. And just you just see this active progression of his game the whole way through and turning into this just very dominant player that's literally controlling two sides of the house that he created. Like, you really have to get into that. You know, he had his partner, Helena, and they, you know, together in a way, well, he, he ran her, no shame, was able to, you know, separate the house into two sides, you know, based on some people's personal biases, no shade, but keep the mm-hmm. house separated these two halves that Kevin was the one who had all the flow of information. He really dictated every eviction up until from jury up, you know what I mean? And then before then, he was not going to be targeted and was not in danger of going home other than week one. Um, the reason why I feel like Kevin can be higher than Dan is because, like I mentioned, I feel like Kevin is someone, the entire house really loved him. And, and, and to the fact that when his friends went to jury, they were able to prove to the other jury members that he deserves to win because Herman, Moose, Gino, these are people who really did not respect Kevin at all. But then Marty came, and then Helena came, and then uh, these are people who were able to say, no, Kevin is actually playing a really good game. Like, he actually deserves to win. He's done this, 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 and this. You know what I mean? He was a player that's supposed to get cut at fourth, essentially. But because of his own uh, social game, he was able to convince people that, no, you can beat me. You're definitely going to be able to take, beat me, which got him in the final three. And that final three, he was supposed to get third, but he was able to convince the person that took him to take him to final two on the basis that you can't beat Betty. She's going to she's gonna beat you. And I'm going to lose to you? You know, the player who's literally been running the entire game. You know, Josh, the person who won the final, he took Kevin, and he lost unanimously damn near. It was 7-1, to one, but it was damn near unanimously. <laughs> like, I think that just when it comes to overall control and dominant gameplay, um, he has to be at this level because I do feel like once he took control, he did not let go. And it was to the point to where going into the triple, which is one of the most dangerous weeks of Big Brother Canada, he was the safest person in the house. Even if he got nominated, which was almost impossible at that point, he was not going to go home. You know what I mean? And when he was nominated at the top four, and the people who are deciding the votes is no one he can necessarily influence directly, he still stays. Mm-hmm. So you have to give him that. Personally, 100%, I don't know if Dan can do that. No shade. I don't know if Dan can do that. I don't know if Will can do that. No shade. And he did it a few times. <laughs> he did twice. A few times, bitch. For Look. sure, at Final Four and Final Three. That's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. So you got to give him that. Look, I'm going to say the comparisons between Kevin, Dan, and Will. I'm going to talk about them. Um, I do feel like, comparatively, they all use a I'm weak persona. I think, comparatively, they all are very strategic. They really have these bursts of, like, strategic implementation of they're not they're going to get out of this tricky situation they're going to avoid getting evicted when they literally should get evicted and they all have had those same points of their game which is why i feel like you can compare him to this a lot of the girls are trying to say like you can't really compare him to these people but you really can even looking at the at the at the games that they played when dan was finna get backdoored and he had his funeral um kevin was finna go home at final four and baby had his funeral. Like, it just wasn't called that. So it's like they they kind of did similar things when it comes to 
when I'm finna go home, I saved myself and I didn't go home. Kevin did it multiple times. Dan did it multiple times too. And I do think that's where they can compare and that they are always been, they've always been strategic. They've had um, really good control over the strategy in the game at a lot of the points. But what does separate Kevin from Dan and Will for me is that the um, consistent control, like the actual control of the game, whether than the strategy, Dan controlled a lot of the strategy, but Kevin controlled a lot of the game. Kevin was getting out people since Tanisha's vote. He he influenced every eviction since then. Dan did not do that when he won. When Dan won, nor in Big Brother 14, did Dan influence the eviction order. That's not how Dan plays. Um, but also, I feel like that that separates them as players because because Kevin's getting out the people who he needs to get out. He's getting out the targets. He's he's able to take them out. Um, I feel like that really puts him above. Dan, Dan particularly and Will and BB too, because Will and BB two had no shot at doing that. And Dan and BB, um, like season 10 did not do that. So it's just like Kevin being in a bad position, like they were, he was able to get out of it way earlier than they were. And he was able to take control of the entire game way earlier than they did. And I really just feel like those are the reasons that I want to put him higher. He also is not disliked. That's the thing. And I feel like not being disliked is way better than being disliked. I don't know how, I guess if you are watching this and you're kind of disagreeing, I really would like you to listen and be like, okay, genuinely, Dan and Will are not liked. Genuinely, Kevin is liked. It's proven. And we're we're talking about in the game. In the game. In the game. In the game. game By the players. The players wanted to vote for Kevin. They were happy to vote for Kevin. They were screaming and yelling. Meanwhile, they're like, I do not want to vote this nigga Dan. I don't, I don't, babe. I don't want to vote Will. I don't, I don't. And it's like for them to have that type of infliction, it really shows to me like it's a separation. I do think they're all great, wonderful, um, awesome players. But I do think when you have to nitpick and you have to find separations, that those are the separations I could find for Kevin to put him above them, honestly. Stay mad, y'all. If you mad, stay mad, I fear. Uh, Now, there's only been one person we haven't talked about. I'm sure you guys know who it is by now. Mm-hmm. And that's Daddy Tiffany Barrett. Mitchell. Period. Queen. <laughs> now, y'all, Mr. Lavosser, Mr. Lavosser has won three times. Yeah. And that's why he's number one. He won BB-16. He won BB-18. And he won BB-22. Um, I will say when Will won BB two and seven, but that's two versus three, babe. Um, I genuinely do think that Derek just is the best player. Um, the amount of control he had over that game from beginning to end is insane. it was scary, and it's never been matched. No one has ever had that amount of control. Derek also invented the dreadful onion strategy that stayed in Big Brother until literally BB twenty three when the cookout decided to switch it up because they're colored. And colored people switch stuff up. But um, Derek literally invented this horrible strategy that literally forced, basically, is it's foolproof to where he can win the game. He created an alliance. Well, he didn't even create an alliance. He got in the center of an alliance that was literally created by somebody else. He uh, made a final two with someone he could beat. He made a inter-alliance within the big alliance. And then he just chopped it off until it was just him in the final two. That's amazing. And it's a strategy that he created. Um, he always was socially good with everyone. He was very well liked in the game. And when it came to the jury vote, he was liked even more than Cody, who is a social player, um, to where he could win the game. Derek 
kept consistent control the entire time. Every single eviction came through Derek. It was similar to Omer from Survivor, where it's like, it if Derek's not doing this, it's not happening. Literally, as people are watching, they're like, okay, Derek doesn't want to do it, so it's not going to happen. When you're watching the feeds, people are like, oh, maybe something could happen. And then you talk to Derek, and Derek's like, oh, I don't think we should do that. And we know it's not going to happen. That's never happened in Big Brother history. It's never been that amount of dominant control. He had the votes the entire time. He never got nominated with 50, twice as many nominations. He still did not get nominated to the end. And he got, what, nine or seven of the nine votes at the end. Derek is, played a damn near flawless game. Yeah. And hey, yeah, I can't no. even think of a negative. I can't now, really there think are of none. a There are none. Someone who's won three seasons, you cannot say. That, I mean, he is literally the father, okay, mm-hmm. of Big Brother. He is, of especially new age Big Brother. You know, mm-hmm. literally everyone after 16 wanted to come in and play like Derek. Like, everyone sees Derek to this day, sees Derek as basically the godfather of Big Brother. Like, everyone wants to praise him down. And honestly, he definitely deserves it. Like, like you said, he invented the strategy. Everyone wants to just be a leader of this dominant alliance that can win all the competitions and get to the end. But like you said, no one's been able, no one has been able to do it like Derek. And that just goes to show how powerful he really is. Like, he cannot be replicated at all. I even feel like even in the BIPOC world, Derek can 100% come back and win again because he is good socially. You know, he had to win comps when he needed to. He comes up with ideas. He implements them. I mean, literally everything he came up, up, up with that season was damn near successful. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, like what negative can we think of? What negative yeah. can we say? The only, the only, like, I guess negative, which isn't necessarily to his game, but is that the cast was just a little bit less, like, some of the cast was pretty uncompetent. Like, to have a Devin, a Paula, and a Joey all in your one season that has and a Victoria and a Victoria <laughs> that hasn't necessarily had Anna Jacosta that hasn't necessarily happened. That's like six people who I can literally call duds off the top of the dome. I don't think I can do that in any other season. Just name six people who are, I guess, duds of a player. So I guess there's that, but that's not his fault. But that's like, what thing. I'm gonna say. He, that's but, not something he that, did. But also, too, he wasn't running none of them. He wasn't. Meanwhile, he's running Frankie Nicole, who's won a season. Cody, who's won a season. You know, he's running people who've won other seasons. The fact that Derek beat other winners is is impressive in itself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to tell y'all. So, um, so hey, Daddy hey. deserves. Daddy deserves. That's that. Um, boom. This is the I overall know, ranking. This is number one is Derek. Number last is the brothers. And then Eddie is there because he equaled it out. He equaled it out. So, y'all, look, this was our rankings. If you disagree, honestly, tell us. Just get in comments and complain. If you want to complain, complain in the comments of this YouTube video, please. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, go ahead and shit, hit the like button. Hit the dislike button because any engagement gets us pushed. So go <laughs> ahead and do that. Um, uh, honestly, but honestly, if you genuinely feel like, okay, this is just wrong and ah, uh, uh, let it out, babe. Let it out. It's not going to change. Nothing's going to change, I fear. Um, So let it out and let us know, babe. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in to our future off-season podcast. We are definitely going to be doing a lot of podcasts similar to this. If you have suggestions, literally comment the suggestions, boo. I would love to see that. We can maybe do one of your videos that you would like for us to do. And hey, watch our other podcasts. We're covering literally everything else. If you're into reality TV, just check out our channel and we'll be covering that. Um, thank you so much. Bye-bye.